This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's 12.03 on Tuesday afternoon, September 12th. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us on the Noon Business Hour. I'm Rob Hart. Apple is unveiling its latest products during an event in California today. We'll cover that in our next segment. But it's Travel Tuesday, and in this segment, we're discussing strategies to make sure your vacation doesn't turn into a huge financial setback. Joining us now on the Village of Bedford Park business line, reminding you to bring your business home is Chris Everett, fiduciary, financial planner, and president of Everett Wealth Solutions based in Forest Park. Chris, thank you for joining us today. And, you know, the the, the purpose of, of working, the reason why we get up before dawn and, and trudge into the office every day or, or just trudge into the home office uh, a couple of steps away from your bedroom is so you can pay for things like a vacation. But there is the, the chance that you could overdo it and really set your family back. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the reasons we go to work is to hopefully enjoy what we do as well. And often what I've seen in my practice is people will overspend on a vacation that they absolutely cannot afford, or maybe it's not even a vacation, maybe it's anything else. But if you don't stop and really take an assessment of what that spending is going to do for your long term, not only will you likely be disappointed, but then you'll have if you use debt to buy that expenditure, then you've got the debt to deal with as well. It's not a healthy scenario. And what are some strategies uh, that families can uh, employ when they set out to take some time off and go somewhere to make sure that you don't break the bank and you don't set yourself back uh, when you get back from that vacation? Well, ask Mr. Budget if it's even affordable right? Everybody should know what their level of spending is for situations like that. And maybe you're not even somebody that goes on vacay. Maybe what you like to do is go uh, to Neiman Marcus or to Target and medicate yourself, whatever it is. Figure out how much you can really afford to do so that you don't get in trouble. We're talking to Chris Everett, fiduciary financial planner and president of Everett Wealth Solutions in Forest Park. So you've had the discussion with Mr. and Mrs. Budget and all the ships at sea, and then you decide to uh, go out and you you, you run the numbers and you actually can go on vacation. And then what are some things you can do after that to make sure you don't uh, go nuts, whether it's either on uh, the hotel, airline flights, or just the drive to get there? Sure. So if you've done the inventory before even deciding to make that expenditure and you know it's affordable, please have an amazing time. But if you take the analysis and you really shouldn't do it, why not stay home? Do you know, it's okay if you don't do a blowout at Disneyland. It's okay if you do something closer to home that fits in the budget. 
And then lastly, uh, how beneficial are rewards programs? Because you, you do wonder sometimes how much you get back if you actually do have that travel credit card or that the airline credit card, the hotel credit card. Uh, are, are you really spending maybe uh, seventy or eighty thousand dollars just to get two, uh, you know, one air, free airline ticket once a year? Well, sure. Nothing in and of itself is going to be evil. It's how you utilize it. So if you need to spend that seventy dollars or $80,000, maybe you run it as a business expense or something, and you rack up the points to spend them, great, as long as it fits in the budget. What does Mr. Budget say? Chris Everett, fiduciary financial planner and president of Everett Wealth Solutions in Forest Park. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, Coming up, Apple revealing its latest iPhone and other products today. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Apple is hosting an event today called Wonderlust to reveal its latest products. Let's learn more from Jennifer Jolly, Tech Life columnist for USA Today, founder and editor-in-chief of Techish.com based in San Francisco. Jennifer, thanks for joining us today. I would imagine a lot of people are wearing their black turtlenecks today in tribute to Steve Jobs during the product unveiling. That's right. The products are being unveiled right this second. They are just announcing a new Series 9 Apple Watch, promising a big boost in performance and capabilities, better battery life. So kind of same song, same dance, new year, but always an exciting day. And the big story to come out of this uh, particular product uh, launch is the new iPhone and the new charging cord for the iPhone. Yes, the USB-C will replace the lightning connector and become the new industry standard across, yes, even Apple devices. This happened to Android phones. It's happened to tablets and computers, laptops. It is finally happening to the iPhone. So that will be actually good because most of us have one, two, if not like me, a dozen or so USB-C cables. I was going to say, Jennifer, this does solve a problem that uh, we all have, and that is uh, in our junk drawer, we seem to have just a warren of uh, a nest, if you will, of different uh, charging cables. So it's nice to see it standardized across devices. It is. This is really about convenience. It's about finally being able to have one connector that works across all devices. And it's really about Apple saying, okay, okay, we're not going to do our proprietary lightning connector anymore. We're going to play nicely in the sandbox. And that also uh, it, it is the case across all new Apple devices. For example, the next generation of AirPods will have that USB-C capability. Yeah, that's right. Every single thing will be chargeable with that new USB-C connector, except for the Apple Watch. You'll still have to put that, you know, on a charger all by itself. But at least that charger will be able to be plugged in via USB-C. So it's something. Now, in the good old days of the 2000s or the late 1990s, the (laughs) Apple unveiling events were revealing new products, new designs, uh, new new ways of, of, of presenting what might have been uh, tried and true technology. But it seems like these days it's software updates and always trying to improve battery life. Yeah, it's all about battery life, better cameras. There are rumors, we haven't seen the iPhone unveiling yet, but there are rumors about some better cameras in the higher-end versions and the 15 versions. Um, right now, you know, they're 12 minutes in 
and they are really invested in health and safety. So they opened with a montage, beautifully shot montage, talking about how many lives that their products saved this year, whether it was emergency SOS or crash detection or heart rate detection with the watches. And so they're going to double down on that this year. And the notion that, hey, not only is it faster, longer battery life, better camera, but your gadget might actually save your life. Well, that's kind of their new all-in thing this year. And then very quickly, there is an update on the Vision Pro, which was the mixed reality headset. Um, what, what, what's the latest on that particular device? Well, the latest on that particular device is it's amazing. And it feels, you know, it blends your real world with the digital world in a way that's never been done before. But what's not an update is that price coming down. It is extremely expensive and it will not be a mainstream hit until that price goes way, way down, gets cut in half or more. Jennifer Jolly, Tech Life columnist for USA Today, founder, editor-in-chief of Techish.com, based in San Francisco, un- uh, covering the uh, Apple product unveiling, which is going on right now. Up next, artificial intelligence making its way into the pop space. Investing 60 minutes each weekday for planning for the future. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Coca-Cola has been experimenting with limited edition beverages, with the latest one being created using artificial Artificial intelligence. Welcome in R.J. Hadavi, head of the analytical research at the foot traffic analysis firm Placer AI in Chicago. R.J., thanks for joining us today. And when you got into the artificial intelligence business for uh, data analysis and collection, did you ever think that that same application would be used to create Coca-Cola flavors? Yeah, Rob, I'll admit it wasn't the first thing on my mind. It's a, it's a new frontier, I guess, in the uh, artificial intelligence world. And, yeah, you're right. I mean, uh, Coke is obviously trying to capitalize on new product innovation with some of the flavors that they've been running limited time. But obviously, there's been a lot of buzz about artificial intelligence. So uh, I guess it was just the, the natural evolution of where we were headed in the space. So this is, it, at, at the very least, the top line thing is that this is all a part of Coca-Cola's ongoing branding and marketing efforts. I mean, you know, so. I always ask, like, why are there so many Coca-Cola commercials everywhere? They're the biggest product in the world. And the answer was, that's the reason why they're the biggest product in the world. They're constantly advertising. And this is the latest effort in that. Yeah, this is. And we have seen a definitive trend when looking at retailer foot traffic. Those retailers that have done a good job working with their uh, their different vendors and suppliers and in introducing new and new product innovation. Uh, to be honest, we saw a lot of that go away during the pandemic. A lot of uh, companies streamlined the different kind of product lines they had. Um, and now we're starting to see a resurgence in innovation, and the ones that are outperforming on that front uh, seem to be drawing in not more. The, the retailers that are selling those products are bringing in more people, but also more diverse uh, across generations, across ethnicities, things like that. Um, so I think this is a worthwhile test, and you know, a category that largely has been in decline. Um, you know, carbonated uh, beverages or sodas. Um, this is worthwhile trying to re, uh, reinvigorate the product and the brand with some of these one time offers. We're talking to R.J. Hadavi, head of analytical research at Placer AI in Chicago. This flavor is called Y3000. It's supposed to taste like the future, uh, as determined by artificial intelligence. But once again, it's it's trying to meet the challenge of how do you attract attention to this product? Because in the old days, you just simply uh, you, you bought a bunch of commercials, you put them on TV, you had uh, Don Draper and P. 
Pete Campbell go through the drafts. And But now you have to, to reach people on TikTok and on Instagram here, there, and everywhere. And an AI-created pop flavor may just be the thing. It might be. And uh, some of the earlier uh, you know flavors that they had uh, seemed like they did drive more people to the, the retailers they sold through. So I think it's a worthwhile test. I think there'll be a lot of buzz and a lot of curiosity. Typically, people, when they see something like this, they want to taste um, and see what, what, what it really, you know, the flavor and kind of give it an experiment, give it a try. So I think that we'll see a lot of experimentation, a lot of trialing with this uh, particular flavor. Now, whether or not it's, you know, something they bring back or do iterations with, uh, we'll see on that front. But yeah, I think this certainly is a worthwhile test. And if it helps expand your target audience and grab new customers, uh, certainly a worthwhile test for Coke. It's supposed to taste like the future. So, so RJ, it's kind of like a, it seems like a Rorschach test to me that if, if you try the AI flavored pop that tastes like the future and you don't like it, maybe you're just a pessimist. Yeah, I guess that's a, that's something to be said here. So we'll see what see what the initial reaction is when, we, when the products launch here. But uh, I'm curious to see what it tastes like myself. R.J. Hadavi, head of analytical research at Placer AI in Chicago. Thank you for joining us. Still ahead in Travel Tuesday, advice for women planning a solo trip. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. A Republican lawmaker wants to open a formal impeachment inquiry into President Biden. A suburban community deals with a mystery bug infestation. It's Travel Tuesday. Tips for women going on a trip solo. McDonald's set to make a major change in its beverage service. WBBM Business. The markets are mixed. The Dow up 184 points. The Nasdaq is down 48. The S&P 500 is down 1. It's 12.31. Topping our news at the half hour. An infestation of bugs taking over southwest suburban Evergreen Park. A bunch of the little flying insects were buzzing around yesterday. Had people wondering just what exactly were they. They talked to Lee Harwig, a resident of Evergreen Park. Talks to CBS2 about clearing the bugs off her dogs. That was her first encounter with them. When I let them back in, I noticed there was bugs on both of them. So I grabbed paper towels and just started smushing them. Entomologists say it's a certain type of uh, soybean aphid that uh, it's a temporary problem. They will just simply uh, wither away and die. It's 1231 as the noon business hour continues. The markets are mixed today. Joining us now on the Village of Bedford Park business line, reminding you to bring your business home, is Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast newsletter based in Hammond. Chuck, thank you for joining us today. And it seemed like the story story of the day so far is Oracle, which is weighing down uh, the entire tech sector. Yes, you kind of summed it up. You have a kind of a divided market today between uh, the Dow Jones Industrial Average, which is up over 180 points, with the Dow kind of representing loosely kind of the value end of the market. And you have the NASDAQ, which is down almost half a percent, representing the growth in technology. And, and the, the big divide is created by Oracle today, which is down about 13 percent. 
And it seems like the markets outside of Oracle are basically kind of treading water this week or taking a wait-and-see approach uh, before the consumer price index number comes out later this week. And, and it's almost like they're bracing for that CPI number because the smart money seems to believe it's going to be a, a hot report. Yeah, it is. And, and you typically see this before those kind of inflation reports come out. Um, I'm not so sure it is going to be as hot as people think, and, and it'll be interesting to see how the market um, responds to that. The, the other thing is we're, we're kind of in, although this week has a few exceptions with Oracle and we have Adobe coming up, um, but other than that, this is kind of uh, not a big earnings week, and that's going to be the case until we get into you know, early October. So we're kind of in, a, in an environment here where the market's really going to be taking its cues from news developments like the CPI as opposed to kind of earnings, which are still probably about four weeks away from coming in, in big time. And there's a great deal of fretting today about the price of oil. Uh, a couple of things going on there. You just have the uh, oil market resetting with new expectations. That recession that was supposed to lower global demand uh, d- does not appear to be reter- materializing. And on top of that, uh, you have the uh, natural disasters, the flooding in Libya, the tropical storm there that uh, is impacting oil production in that part of the world. Yeah, it's a, it's interesting. It's a group that obviously had a huge 2022, didn't do a whole lot in the, in the first half of 2023, but has kind of caught in a bid here as oil prices have risen, and that's kind of breathed new life and, and given some attraction to some of those energy stocks, particularly those that are paying pretty decent dividend yields. So, you know, that's a sector that probably will continue to, to at least uh, be among the top three or four sectors through the remainder of this year. What is the Dow theory telling you these days? Dow theory is in the bullish camp. We had our our bull market uh, confirmation signal. Uh, the market rallied a little bit and then promptly fell back, which isn't unusual following bull market signals. Uh, and so we're pretty confident that the, the primary trend, the trend which typically lasts eight months, if not significantly longer, is up. And we would view pullbacks in the market as opportunities here. What are some uh, potential uh, risk factors that are uh, lurking uh, on the horizon? I mean, obviously, uh, a flare-up of inflation uh, would be a a serious risk factor, or maybe the Fed just coming out of nowhere and saying, you know, forget about the pause, uh, we're we're raising interest rates once again. But are you keeping an eye on the the, the potential of a a UAW strike uh, hitting one of the big three? Yeah, although I'm always a little... uh cautious about trying to trade markets based on strike news. I've never really seen that be very effective. Uh, the, the one thing that probably is the big derailer of this market would be on the interest rate side, because interest rates, as you know, kind of uh, price the attractiveness of alternatives to stocks. And so, you know, at 5% interest rates, five and a half, six percent 6%, that provides a pretty good competition for stocks. And so I think the interest rate story, and as usually is the case, the earnings story, I think, you know, the earnings in the second half of this year for the third and fourth quarters uh, are really going to be a major driver of this market. And it looks like they will be okay, but if there are surprises on the downside from the earnings standpoint, that will not be well received from the market. 
Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services and publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast Newsletter based in Hammond. Thank you for joining us today. Coming up next in Travel Tuesday, ways for women to feel secure when traveling alone. Discussing the news affecting your money. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Travel Tuesday, and in this segment, we're discussing advice and strategies for women embarking on a solo trip. Let's tap the expertise of Cindy Richards, editor-in-chief of She Buys Travel.com. Cindy, thank you for joining us today. And the first thing, I suppose, if you uh, want to uh, uh, dive into the world of solo travel is don't dive into the world of solo travel. Uh, Dip your toe in the water first. Well, I think any kind of travel, if you're at all apprehensive about it, dipping your toe in is the answer, whether you're traveling with kids or grandkids or traveling alone. And that means trying it for a night, right? Go somewhere that's in driving distance, maybe even someplace you've been before and you already know it pretty well to a hotel where you're comfortable staying. And and it's really important, I think, to make a plan, to know these are the three things I want to do. This is the restaurant where I want to have dinner um, so that you don't get there and then sort of feel overwhelmed by, hmm, what should I do? Do I really want to leave the hotel? I mean, you're you're still traveling and it's still an adventure. You're just exploring on your own. And then what are some uh, kind of street smarts strategies that you can employ, uh, whether you're traveling abroad in uh, Paris or London or Timbuktu or in Galena? Well, I think we're, as women, we know that we always have to, we're responsible for keeping ourselves safe. And when you're traveling, um, it's it's actually not that much different than if you're traveling with other people. You don't want to be the obvious tourist. You don't want to stand on the street corner with your map, although we don't do that anymore, right? We all look at our phones. Um, but you want to have some safety equipment with you. I think the right room in the hotel is really important, something that I don't think about when I travel with my husband, but I do when I travel alone, which is where's my room on in the in the hallway in the hotel? Am I right off the door the the door that takes you to the stairs where anybody could come up and I'm at the end of the hall the end of the hall, so there's less likely to be people walking by. It's the time when I like a room that's closer to the elevator. It's maybe going to be a little louder. I might get a little less sleep because people woke me up, but I'll be able to sleep because I'll feel a little safer. And there's there's a lot of um, safety gear you can take you can take with you as a single female traveler. We have a lot of stories on She Buys Travel about product roundups. Um, things that will keep you safe. I think basic stuff like a crossbody purse that you always want to have. Pickpocket-proof backpacks are always important, no matter who you're traveling with. But there are a few other things that I like to take when I'm staying alone in a hotel, like a, a, a portable door lock or a wedge that you could put underneath the, the door to the hotel because you just never know who's got a key to that, even if you, you engage the extra um, bolt to lock the door. I mean, there are people who have keys to that and can get in if they need to. We're talking to Cindy Richards, editor-in-chief of SheBuysTravel.com in Chicago. Has technology on the provider side also uh, led to improved traveler safety? Because I'm thinking of, uh, you mentioned the, the having a hotel room near the elevator. I mean, these days, most hotels I've been in, you need a room key just to engage the elevator. And does that lead to a little more peace of mind? 
Well, that's certainly true in urban situations. Most cities, you've got to have a room key to get to a higher floor, but that's not true in other places. I was in Lake Geneva last week. I didn't need a room key to get into uh, any elevator in Lake Geneva because that's considered a fairly safe place. And, you know, if you're traveling internationally, you don't really know, uh, you know, especially if you want to stay at a quaint little inn, it, chances are it may not even have an extra security lock. So I think being prepared and knowing that you have with you the things that you need to make yourself always feel safe and be able to sleep at night, I think it's important wherever you're traveling. And speaking of wherever you're traveling, I mean, I think we think about uh, you know taking precautions if you're traveling, uh, let's say, in Italy or maybe, you know, just in some other country that's not the United States where you're not subject to their laws and where you are not a citizen. What about inside the U.S.? Are there some places where maybe it's safer to travel alone compared to others? Oh, absolutely. I think, well, and and you know what, and where I feel safe and where another woman feels safe might be very different. We have a story on She Buys Travel about backpacking alone. I would never do that in a million years because I'm not an outdoors nature girl, but uh, you know, there are other people who maybe think that's a great that's great fun, but they would never travel alone to Chicago or New York City where I would feel very safe doing it. So I think it's about your own personal comfort level and making sure you have with you anything you need to ratchet that up and make yourself a little safer in any way that you can. Cindy Richards, Editor-in-Chief of SheBuysTravel.com in Chicago. Thank you very much for joining us today. Join us at this time tomorrow for Personal Finance Wednesday. And still to come, a leading fast food chain is saying goodbye to self-service drinks. Information to make cash and save cash. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. McDonald's is planning to remove self-serve pop stations from its locations in the U.S., but it's a long-term project. We're joined by Izzy Karish, President of Hospitality Works, a.k.a. the Restaurant Coach in Chicago. Izzy, thank you for joining us today. Why is McDonald's taking these uh, self-service stations out of their restaurants? Or was it just simply uh, the American public was overdoing it on Diet Coke? Well, you know, that's interesting because that's probably part of, uh, you know, the overall reason, you know, because when people are doing the self-serve, it's, it's a money loser for the restaurant. However, This is another COVID-driven change in the restaurant industry. Uh, COVID, people couldn't go in. And what McDonald's and a lot of other quick service places learned was drive-through is great. People drive through, they get their food, you hand them one soda, and they go. So this long-term project is going to be changing the footprint of McDonald's. So the stores will get much, much smaller because they won't they just won't have dining rooms. They'll be drive-through only. So that's one. But there are some McDonald's who have already started this process and uh, who, who still aren't, you know, letting people in. They're, they're uh, handing out the soda strictly through carryout. And, and, and you say it's a long-term project. It really is. The, the last uh, self-service uh, pop station will be removed from a McDonald's restaurant in 2032. So you don't have to rush out right now and uh, take advantage of this technology before it goes away. It's, 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 it'll, it'll be phased out. Right. It'll, you know, certainly it's going to be, uh, it won't even be incorporated in the new footprint uh, stores that will be built between now and then. But uh, they will be phasing it out over time, uh, starting to close those dining rooms and strictly have uh, drive through. And that may mean they have to change the drive through through some of the existing 
location so they can get people through faster and the lines won't be long. But, uh, you know, you know, soon the idea of self-service uh, uh, sodas in fast food restaurants in 10 years will be a thing of the past. Izzy Karish, president of Hospitality Works, a.k.a. the restaurant coach in Chicago, is on the line. Is this the future of quick service restaurants? Because I have noticed that uh, not uh, there are several Lou Malnati's locations near me that are simply kitchens. They are dining room only. You order ahead, you pick up your pizza and go. Uh, there's a sushi place near me that they, they have not reopened their dining room since COVID-19. So is this the future of quick service, where it's just simply you order via an app or, or you, you, you go through a drive-through, and that's how you get your food. You take it home or eat it someplace else. Uh, that that is certainly uh, going to be the trend. And like you, I go to Lou Malnati's uh, up near me, and they have a uh, strictly walk-in only, and there is no f- uh, soda fountain. But if you want a beverage, they have a refrigerator, and you take a twenty-ounce uh, Coke or Diet Coke uh, with you. But another thing that's kind of a sleeper out there that people will be talking about in the next few years having to do with soda is that there are certain states like California taking a big stance on sugar drinks and phasing them out in total in their state. So that's that's on the table and probably not too many years where we see self-service going away and the whole idea of sweet drinks being sold at restaurants is going to be under scrutiny. Izzy Karish, president of Hospitality Works, a.k.a. the restaurant coach based in Chicago. Thank you for joining us today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.